0: Hey there, I'm Graham Parker, and you're listening to the Around Pickens Podcast. Throughout this year, I've been seeing articles in the Pickens Progress about safety upgrades coming to different schools around the county. Reading about them made me reflect on my own experiences with safety in our school system. Honestly, it wasn't something I thought too much about. We had the usual fire and tornado drills a couple of times a year, but I never really had a feeling of being unsafe in school. School shootings and other tragedies were far and few between enough, so the idea of something like that happening here in Pickens just... Never really crossed my mind. But times have changed. Surveys show that school and college-age youth are more concerned about their safety on campus than at any other point in our nation's history. And for good reason. With school starting back, I wanted to interview a campus law enforcement officer about how they work to ensure students and staff study and work in a safe environment. But I looked further into the issue and met people working in that space. I began to understand that the business of school safety is a lot more complex than I had initially realized. It requires tight coordination of multiple organizations and proactive planning for a multitude of possible situations. Fortunately, I got the opportunity to speak to two of the men responsible for overseeing that planning. Donnie Craig has been Pickens County Sheriff since 2008 and some of his deputies are the ones that work the schools as campus law enforcement officers. He works in coordination with Pickens County Schools Chief Operations Officer, Chris Wallace, a man who not only oversees school safety matters, but also facility maintenance, new construction, and transportation for all school buildings. What you're about to listen to is an informal discussion we had about the state of safety at our schools, during which we covered a variety of topics, including drills, specialized training for officers and staff, and new security technology being deployed across the district. As you can probably tell from the length of this episode, this was A bit out of the ordinary for the show, and besides the length of the conversation, we ran into a couple of technical difficulties while recording, something viewers on YouTube will probably notice. Nevertheless, I hope these things don't distract from the discussion, because this is a very in-depth look about a topic that is close to the hearts of most people in our community. Because of that, I decided to forego the calendar and question the chairman parts of the show, so that we can keep the focus on today's subject. Even so, I do want to quickly plug those two things for anyone who may not be familiar with the show. There are some pretty big things coming up in October, including the Pickens County Marble Festival, Talking Rock Heritage Days, the Tate Day Festival, and so much more. If you want to know more about these things and other events happening in Pickens this month, check out the calendars on visit pickensga.com and nopickens.com, both of which are jam-packed with information about things to do around the county. Also, have you ever wanted to ask the county's head honcho why something is the way it is? Well, this is your chance. Once per episode, Chairman Chris Stansel answers a question from you, the viewer. If you have a question you would like Chris to answer, you can submit it to questions at pickenscountyga.gov. Or if your question is concise enough and appropriate enough, we might just put it on the air. With all that out of the way, let's dive in and learn a little bit about how school safety is being handled here in Pickens. Well, Sheriff Craig, Mr. Wallace, thank you for uh, joining me this morning. I know you guys have got busy schedule, so I appreciate any time we can get. Absolutely. I guess uh, at this point that we're recording, students are out on fall break right now? Yes. Sir. Cool. So uh, they've, they've been going for about six weeks now?
1: That's correct. Started about right around August 1st, so i yep. glad to get a little break for
0: them. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, just getting familiar with the school curriculum, school schedule, I know. Part of that is also being familiar with their surroundings and what to do in an emergency situation, which is what we're here to talk about today, the two aspects that your organization work with with school safety. So uh, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, can I have you guys just to briefly introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about the role your jobs play in school safety?
1: Okay, so um, my role as chief operations officer encompasses a lot of different things, but in specifically to school safety, safety and security um, at all of our campuses and all of our facilities that we, we own and manage through the school district. Um, in partnership with, uh, of course, Sheriff's Department, which we've got a great relationship with, great partnership that we have had going for several years now. And, um, you know, I think it's the most important thing we focus on um, in our district. If we don't have the kids uh, feeling safe about coming in to learn, um, they're not gonna, not gonna be able to concentrate and learn. Same with the adults. Um, you know, it, it's all centered around kids, but in in school safety, we have to think about the adults. We've got about 630 employees that we're also trying to keep safe. So. That's my primary responsibility and um, follows into transportation and nutrition, health services and uh, maintenance, new construction, a few other things, but nothing more important than school safety.
2: Okay, uh, Donnie Craig is the sheriff here in Pickens County. Uh, as we're talking about the schools, our, our primary role is uh, to provide that, that safe and, and healthy environment for students and, and staff at, at all of our campuses throughout the school. Um, of course, we work uh, very closely with the, uh, with the, with the school system. Uh, and, and I like to say not only do you get those seven uh, campus law enforcement deputies, but uh, you get the entire sheriff's office. And, uh, you know, we're, we work very hard to, to build that relationship with the, with the students, the staff, uh, and, and the board uh, with the education. And, and we're very fortunate, I think, in our community to, to have the relationship that we have um, you know, we, we've been a part of uh, campus law enforcement has now been in the school since uh, uh, what, 2000, uh, 2010, early January, I think 2010. We started that with uh, with just a couple. And uh, now we're very fortunate to have a, a deputy in each school and, and two at the high school.
0: We're good. T- tell me a little bit of the history of that. When your office took over the day-to-day responsibilities of school safety, and how has that changed over time?
2: So when I was elected in two thousand nine, uh, the school system had their own campus uh, police department, and uh, there was, I think, at that time, maybe three, uh, three uh, officers working for the school, and uh, you know they jumped around from school to school, and and you know putting out fires, so to speak, wherever they were needed, and. Uh, in in 2000 late 2009 uh i think a couple of those employees had left and then uh, i think we were down to one working in the school system and uh, we were able to work with the school and 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 put a proposal together to provide deputies in the school um you know again not only for that law enforcement purpose but to build that relationship with, with the students uh so in 2010 i hired the, the last remaining campus uh, police officer that worked uh, which was keith wall back then he came to work for us and, and then we assumed those responsibilities uh along with the board of education and uh you know started providing uh, a few deputies and, and again we've been able to grow that over the last uh several years to now we have one in each school and, and two at the high school which is phenomenal you know for a county our size uh, you just, you just don't see that in, in a lot of those counties, other
0: counties throughout Georgia. Right. And from what I understand, you were the principal at the high school before this. Yes.
1: Yeah, so served over there five years as the principal, a couple of years as assistant principal in that um, location, 12 years total working there. So wow. I've gotten to see um, this from its inception all the way to where, where it has become um, to this day and um, truly has grown and gotten better and better, um, which to me makes us safer. You know, the better our relationship is, the better we communicate and partner up on um, these initiatives. Uh, our kids win and the staff wins um, from a safety standpoint. So it's been it's been fun to be part of it and and to see it grow. And let's just continue to see where we can take it from here, yeah. make it even better.
0: Absolutely. And I'd like to talk about how your organizations work together. Could either of you tell me a bit about the training that the law enforcement officers receive and some of the training that the staff receive?
1: Sure. So. Um, From a staff standpoint, you know, we like to give them an overview of um, refresher every year, just general expectations. Each school has a safety plan, um, making sure they understand what we're asking them to do. We have new teachers that come in, you know, from different districts. So every district may do it a little different, but kind of knowing how we do here in Pickens County and what our um, process is, and so then the idea is a couple of times a year, we would get with smaller groups, um, teachers on their planning periods, you know, 10, 15, 20 max, and get them into a classroom and make it a little more intimate of a setting where they are comfortable asking questions a little more and, you know, what if scenarios, um, and then just refreshing everything that, you know, they've been expected to, to do to help protect the kids that are under their watch at that time um, with, with whatever their concentration is. You know, it looks different from a teacher that has a, um, a gym class than a teacher that has a regular math class or an ag teacher where they go out to a other facility on the campus. So, you know, it does look a little different, so it gives us a little bit more time to um, specialize in in what it means for their particular role and how they operate every day. So um, kind of covers the, both ends of the spectrum for them. And then also allows us to, to channel you know, information um, and education of updated trends because things change constantly, and that's where we obviously rely on the sheriff's department to help us with that too so they're very good to help us with the training and come in and send somebody in to uh, answer any questions we can't so it's uh, again a partnership
2: and of course from there you know on the law enforcement side our our deputies are you know certified mandated officers uh, most of the, most of those deputies are seasoned and, and been around for a while we try not to put just a, a new deputy in the school we want some of our our better uh, well-trained uh, folks there in the school system and and the ones that really want to be there um, I think that makes a difference for the for the kids and the staff but uh, outside of our regular law enforcement training then uh, we're able to come in uh, Like I said and we started this years ago when when Chris was at the high school uh, beginning of each year and, and teaching what is known as craze or the citizen response to, to active shooter uh, so they actually allow us a, a, a time period before the school to to talk to all the staff and teachers uh about an incident if it was to occur such as a uh, school shooting type situation or active attack Um, and then from there uh, we're able to try to spend some one-on-one time with some of the the teachers and staff and again because like chris said it is a different situation if you're in a classroom how you're going to react versus you know if you're in the ag barn or, or things like that so try to get them thinking ahead of of what can happen and, and what are you going to do if it does um and then uh you know uh, after after that initial uh, you know we we do a lot of training through the sheriff's office and, and public safety as a whole uh dealing with uh active shooter type training and uh we're very fortunate that with the relationship we have with the school we come in and actually teach all of public safety the the law enforcement uh the police the sheriff's office the 911 fire we're all working together and we're training right here in our own schools uh for uh, for an event that, that we hope and pray never happens but if it does we want to be prepared so um, it's it's you know it's one thing to teach something in a classroom and watch a video, but when you can put boots on the ground in those hallways, clearing those you know those classrooms and and uh, uh, through those long hallways, uh, they've got an idea of what you know what could happen. So,
0: well, uh, beyond the uh, staff and the men and women in uniform, I know part of being prepared is training the students as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the drills that the school system conducts?
1: Yeah, so. Um you know we've we've always been mandated to have fire and weather drills um, in the school. Just recently, um, they've started mandating that we have an active intruder lockdown type drill. Um, last year, when when I took over the safety and security for the district, uh, we put in one drill per quarter. So for a year, we um, felt like, you know, again it changes all the time and what we need to prepare for changes. So you want to keep that fresh on their mind. So in addition to the required state drills we do um, for a year now this year they're letting um, schools substitute out one of the fire drills for an intruder drill and actually you know require that for every school in the state but um we try to be a little better than the minimum requirement just uh, one per quarter so four times a year it's not too invasive in the school um administrators have been very very receptive to that and willing to do that and then of course these are logged through our state drill system and make sure they're showing they show up there that we can document that they've been done so we don't tell them the exact day they have to do it but we do have a schedule for them i lay it out every every year so they can have a calendar to keep up with when we need them done by um, to make sure they are handled and um, of course it looks a little different elementary than it does at high school so um you know, I'm, I'm always there to support them if they need help, uh, again, new administration, whatever, uh, going through the schools. So um, whatever we need, and of course the SROs are involved in that as well, um, make sure everybody knows what to do in the event of um, uh, of an active intruder. And like uh, Sheriff Crick said, we pray and hope that it never happens. Uh, but we, we want to be very well prepared in the event that it that it does happen here.
0: Yeah. And speaking to that, you know, we have six different schools in the district, different building layouts, uh, student ages and populations. How do you ensure consistent safety standards across the board?
1: So this year, the Department of Homeland Security for, the, for Georgia Department of Homeland Security, they've um, required um, that you have a safety plan for every school, which we already had in place, but has some different criteria. So there are a lot of consistencies among what they require and they oversee. We'll have to have our local EMA approve these. And then Department of Homeland Security will approve these as well. We have a regional coordinator that um, we submit these to. And so we do keep the same platform as far as how the layout is um, that's consistent because we do have some staff that go to different schools as well. So they don't need to learn six different plans if they go to six schools. Thanks. So we do, it th- we do that um, to keep it consistent. And then also having just one person that kind of oversees it um, from my office there, what I do, is just making sure that the administration and the staff, through our trainings and through our other talks, just in general, that they have an understanding of what is expected out of each level, you know, um, command all the way down um, to any any role in the school. Everybody has a role, and we need to make sure everybody understands and um, and really captures that role and you know is all in in case we ever need them. So, we have some safety teams. We have um, several different. Applications of teams depending on what is needed. A search team. Um, so anybody with medical background in the school, you know, that's always helpful to have them on your on your teams as well in case we um, need to render aid. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's an effort to try to keep it. No matter what building you go in, you see the same things occurring. Although what we can expect from a high school student, their part in participating in this versus a kindergarten student is going to look different, obviously. Um, but in a crisis situation. All students are gonna have to be directed. They're all you know, we're gonna they're all gonna to look to us to be able to guide them on, on what needs to be done to keep everybody safe. So in that regard, you know, the kids are the same in in, in that in that sense. I mean we have to make sure we direct them. They're gonna be looking to us. So it's very important we keep everybody trained and keep it consistent. That's what we try to do here. And I know a lot of people have different philosophies, but that's what we try to do here. Yeah.
2: And one thing I'd like to point out is, and, and Chris, you mentioned that the state now has come in and, and they have certain requirements, mandates that, right. that the school system has to follow, and, and that's a new requirement, I think, What this year. Yes. Uh, but our school system has been doing that for several years. Uh, these guys uh, have done, uh, really gone above and beyond over the years to, to really focus on public safety to make sure that each school had that plan in, in place and everybody knew what to do. So, you know, I would think at this point for for y'all meeting that requirement would be very easy. It's just a matter of submitting your plan up for somebody else to review, so. Okay.
1: Yep.
0: Let's turn the conversation a little bit to how the role that technology is playing in prevention. Uh, I've seen a lot of articles in The Progress throughout the year, upgrades coming to different campuses.
2: Wow.
0: Let me get either one of you to just jump in and talk about some of the new technology your organizations are deploying and the impact that's having on school safety.
2: So, you know, one of the big things, and and I I think probably one of the most controversial things that I've done as sheriff in uh, the last uh, 15 years is uh, red speed, red speed cameras uh, and flight cameras. Uh, I know we're living in a day where technology is available and uh, it it is a huge benefit to to public safety and the community. But also a lot of people are concerned about the big brothers watching and, and, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes. But uh, so, you know, we d- we done a study probably f- four years ago with, with a speeding in the school zones and in front of these schools. And, and it has always been an issue, uh, way back to when the campus police was, was actually trying to direct traffic in front of these schools, uh, very dangerous. And, uh, so we done a study four years ago. We looked at, at that time, I think we had about, uh, 16, 1700 speeding violations in each of our school zones in one day. And one day it was uh, 16, 1,700. Uh, two years ago, the last study we'd done, uh, we, we were over 2,000 speeding violations. And uh, I was, I'll be honest, I was blown away to see that, you know, we've got somebody coming through Tate at, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour uh, during those school times. Same thing, Hill City, obviously, you know, uh, state routes. But even uh, even in front of the junior high school, right there in front of Roper Park with a, with a four way stop, you know, we've got folks coming through, you know, 55 and 60 miles an hour. Uh, it just, just blows my mind. Unfortunately, we don't have the staff to to sit out in front of each school each day to, to enforce that traffic. Uh, we've done the best we could, but with technology now allows us to put in the, the, uh, speed cameras. So our speed cameras are going up in front of, uh, all of our schools, except for the middle school, which is right here in in inside the city, um, and and then the high school. The high school uh, sets off a little too far for us to to be able to run those uh, speed cameras. All the other campuses uh, have those cameras up and going. And uh, it's interesting. The last study was was around 2,000. Uh, I pulled the numbers uh, this past week, and we had 115 speeding violations in in front of our schools, uh, and that was two schools that were not on online yet. But uh, I mean, that is that is a huge huge difference. Of course, our two busiest, uh, you know, the is 53 over at Hill City, uh, and then of course in front of Tate Elementary, but. You know, to be able to see those numbers cut down tremendously, uh, uh, I'm I'm very pleased with that and to see how much it's already reduced. And we don't even have everything online. We've not wrote the first citation, the first warning or anything yet. And and we've already seen a huge decrease. Uh, The other side of technology with those cameras, uh, they tie into what we refer to as our flock cameras. The flock cameras are stationed throughout the county in different areas. Uh, They're tag readers that allow us to get alerts as a vehicle passes by, if you've got somebody that is uh, on a wanted list, uh, say with Homeland Security, uh, or there's outstanding warrants for driving a stolen vehicle, uh, maybe there's a court order uh, against this individual, or uh, maybe they're on a sex offender registry. Uh, as they pass these cameras, flockers is running their tags and is sending us, uh, and I say us, the deputies that are actually working the road, gets an immediate alert within like two seconds that uh, this vehicle has passed this location and, and this is their situation. Um, our red speed cameras will also tie into these flock cameras. Uh, and uh, so now we will get this flock alert. We'll go back to Tate Elementary. You know, years ago, we had a, a sex offender came onto campus, and we didn't know it until they were already there. Uh, these cameras will send an immediate notification to that deputy working the school that a sex offender is is in the area. Uh, now, we understand that, you know, they may have business. Uh, they may be, you know, have a reason to be there, and that's okay. But if they're not, uh, at least we're ahead of it, and we can check on it. You know, if there's a... a um, individual with a court order not to be around their family you know maybe there's a domestic situation going on and uh, you know and, and then somebody shows up to check a kid out of school and they're not supposed to be there well, we get that immediate alert uh we we had just uh uh I, I, getting a, a flock camera installed on dragon drive uh, so while we can't do the uh, the red speed uh, at the intersection we're actually installing the flight camera on Dragon drive, so every vehicle that pulls onto campus, uh, we will now get that alert, and uh, we will know who's coming onto campus. And uh, as I say, if they're up to no good, uh, we should know that ahead of time. And that's going to be a huge benefit. But
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it's already having results.
2: It is, absolutely. And, you know, it, it amazes me. You know, as soon as those cameras went up, everybody's on social media saying, yeah, they're writing tickets and they're doing this and they weren't even operating. Uh-huh. But you could watch the traffic as it come by those schools, you know, people were already slowing down.
0: May I ask, are those cameras on all the time or just during school hours?
2: So the, the Red Speed cameras are operating 24-7, uh, but they are not issuing citations uh, unless it is one hour before school through the school day to one hour after. Uh, So, and the kids have to be in school. So like this week, if they were operating, uh, you know, they would not be issuing any citations. And I say they, the cameras issuing citations. The cameras are actually recording the individual vehicle as it passes and the speed. Uh, That information is logged into the computer system. Our deputies then have to log into the computer. They have to review that violation. They have to make sure that everything was working properly and that that vehicle is registered to you know the individual owner, and then they, being the deputies, decide whether or not to issue that citation. Once they review it and approve it, then that citation is mailed to the individual. Uh, they can then either choose to pay the citation online, which is a civil forfe- civil fine, not a criminal. It does not go on their driver's record, or they can uh, choose to have their case heard in court. Uh, in Pickens County, those cases will go in front of the magistrate judge. And the magistrate judge uh, will will hear those cases and see that evidence and make the determination whether or not uh, you know they they need to be found guilty or and pay a fine or or they need to be released.
0: That's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad here it's not entirely automated. There is some human element reviewing that
2: and the other you know other question or concern is well what if what if that changes what if the law changes and allows them to issue those citations without us reviewing them and being involved and and i just want to remind folks as sheriff it was it was my decision to to implement this program uh, along with the uh, board of education at that time they they obviously we we discussed that and uh, they had to uh, sign off on the permits but ultimately, it's, it's my decision. It's my responsibility. And, and if things change and, and they're not being done properly, or, you know, it's, it's trying to issue citation outside of what the law allows, then, uh, you know, we, we will not allow that to continue. Uh, either they're going to do it and do it right, or we're not going to have them in our county. So, you know, lots of lots of stories about other agencies and how they're doing, they're issuing citations after hours. It's, you know, for a couple of miles an hour over, uh, that, that will not be the case here. You have to be doing at least 11 miles an hour over before uh, any citation is issued. So, uh, and, and I anticipate we'll have this online over the next couple of weeks. And and we'll issue warnings for the first 30 to 45 days. Again, it's not about revenue, and and, and that's something everybody keeps, uh, you know, getting on social media. It's all about the money, you know. No, it's 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 about the safety. And I think the cameras have already proven themselves based on the numbers we're seeing. Uh, obviously, there is revenue that's generated from the from the fines and the forfeitures. And those fines uh, uh basically uh, 70 to 75 percent of that comes back to the pick and sheriff's office to be spent back on uh, public safety uh, uh, and then the the rem- remaining monies is is to uh you know pay for the company and the will keep the cameras
0: well um mr wallace could you tell us about improvements happening inside of school buildings
1: yeah so um our our biggest piece of technology we rely on um, there's a system called Syntegix, and Syntegix is communication um, emergency management software um, that gives us capability to silently alert um, law enforcement administrators in the building of uh, a need for, for some assistance. So a couple different alerts, they can uh, activate with a, um, with a badge as a little card. Um, actually have mine on me here, but um, just like a little credit card, we all wear them and it has a button on there and on that um, card, you, you press it a designated number of times and you get what's called a staff alert that stays internal in the school. Um, in other words, uh, someone, uh, medical emergency, something like that, they just need some help down there, unruly child. They can press that, activate that. Um, they can activate it another way and they can actually lock the school down. And so with a lockdown feature, you get strobe lights, you get, you get the cavalry. So um, it's gonna alert... Outside uh, and inside the school. So you're going to get law enforcement 911 involved. Every SRO in the district is going to be notified, of course. Um, And what is the beautiful thing about the system is it will tell you exactly where that badge is once activated. So you know the room number. Um, I have an app on my phone, so I get the notification and I can tell exactly where it's coming from, not only school, but actually where in the school it's been. Uh, activated as do the SROs and Sheriff's Department have that same capability. So it will help us get to um, the need more quickly um, and also send the signal out in the event we have to lock the school down, then everybody's notified whether kids are in the hallway or in a classroom, you get the strobe lights inside, there's an audible um, notification through the intercom system which is um, very upgraded and new to us in the last couple of years. So, it really is awesome what the technology will do for us. Um, that's something that we have in all six of our schools and we have had for the last four to five years. We just um, are, are upgrading, uh, just signed an agreement with this company to upgrade for the next four years um, and they'll be changing out, even making the system better. You can do asset management on there as far as where all your AEDs are, where your fire extinguishers are, where your pull stations are. So there's, there's a lot of features to it, but the main thing is the silent alert um, system which is actually becoming law in some places called Alyssa's law it came out of the Stoneman Douglas massacre in Florida. Florida has a law that all schools must have a silent alert system that they can activate this way. New Jersey's in the process, I believe, um, and I think it'll be here um, eventually. But we, we want to be a- ahead of that, obviously. So every staff member gets um, you know gets a badge and they have the opportunity to um, you know and, and capability to do to to alert people as needed. The other thing it does is, um, it sends us a badge report every month and we can manage and see if there's a low battery or if the badge hasn't been detected on the campus, then we know if people are actually coming in to and from <laughs> campus with the badge on. Um, so, you know, our expectation is every day, you know, for everybody, you know, and we want everybody to, to have that capability if we're gonna pay for it. So that's one thing we have over 700 cam- uh, cameras, security cameras in the district, which is, um, you know, SROs, again, have access to um, sheriff, the um, administrators in the building have access to. Uh, we also, in addition to that, have classroom cameras in every classroom. So in the event there's some kind of, um, you know, problem in the classroom, a teacher can can activate a microphone. It's recording 365, so you can you can have the recording all the time, but they can activate it actually, you know, microphone, and we can um, actually tap into that and see that uh, administration can. So... You know, we got a lot of high-tech equipment there in the schools. Um, Of course, doors, locks, um, safety vestibules. We now have safety vestibule operational in every school. You have to be buzzed in, which is another technology um, that we, you can't just walk up and come in a door. You can get to the front office, and then the person there has to allow you into the school. We finished the last one of those in um, the high school this year. And um, then, of course, we have a great radio system uh, that works in the schools very well, digital radio system you can talk you know, school to school through the Sheriff's Department um, with SROs. Uh, they have those kind of radios as well. And um, I keep one with me. So you have central office contact as well. So internally and externally, and it works through our, um, through our internet. So it's really reliable. And it's really good uh, They've spent a lot of money on technology, um, but also in a strategic way to make sure it fits our needs. Um, based on what we're seeing and what we really need. So communication, obviously, huge deal um, to prevent, but also to respond. We want to make sure we have everything covered um, from a technology standpoint. Um, we issue all our administrator cell phones as well, um, pretty standard technology there. But um, we, got, we got pretty much everything we need. The board's been very generous, and superintendents have supported our initiatives when we needed something like that. This particular Syntegics program platform we paid for with a safety grant um, from the, the state. People may have heard it got we got fifty thousand dollars per school to spend how we you know saw fit. Um, so we earned three hundred thousand dollars through that grant. It's reimbursable. You spend it and get reimbursed through the state. And so that's been really helpful because you know this stuff's not cheap. You know technology's there, but it's not cheap, and um, always something new and fresh out there for you to find and spend money on. But I um, want to again make sure it's something we believe in that makes a difference for us. So, um, yeah, really excited that we have these. I think it is a real peace of mind for the teachers. That's something they really seem to be excited to have that opportunity. It gives them, you know, we got some big buildings. High school's over 300,000 square feet itself. So, you know, it's hard for even two SROs. It's great um, to have that, but, you know, you're limited to what you can cover in a day with the admin and the the, uh, SROs. So we rely on the technology a lot.
2: I was just going to add to that you talk about all the cameras and uh, you know we we were very fortunate to uh, to start a few years ago adding body cameras and in-car cameras and you know uh, we we recently had a uh, 1.2 million two million dollar grant given to us by the governor to enhance that and now we have every every certified deputy we have that is out on the road or working in the schools or in the jail and, and they're all now wearing those those good high def body cameras so and that, that helps us to kind of see what's going on. And, and, and God forbid there's an incident there. Not only do we have access to the cameras Chris has talked about, but we also have access to those body cameras for the deputies in real time. So, you know, if we're working, you know, say, well, I'm at the office, something happens, I can log in and see exactly what's going on at the time it's happening. So, you know, technology has has improved a lot. We've We've been very fortunate, again, to you know to to leverage that technology and um you, know, you talk about the schools and 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 securing those entrances uh i remember uh in 2010 when we started you know doors were being propped open and you could come and go and and just about any school any area that you wanted uh today uh you know, my chief deputy and i were down to school a, a week ago uh checking on a, an area behind the the back we didn't check in we just pulled around back and uh was taking care of business and it wasn't just a second i had uh, two teachers and an administrator uh out there wanting to know just what we were doing you know we were both in plain clothes and um and then just a second later the sro shows up and uh, so you know a few years ago that never would have happened um you know we've had uh i went to to visit recently uh, uh, a champs graduation class and uh you know, as, as a sheriff, I think and I can get in I get back. I don't know you know I, I sit in the lobby and I wait until somebody can escort me back. and uh, you know I'm, I'm beyond proud of, of how those schools have been secured over the last several years because I can remember doing a, a walkthrough with uh, individuals that uh, and, and we could go anywhere. And was never questioned, and and now, like I said, as sheriff, I can't even pull up on the campus without somebody questioning. You know, what do you need? What what can we do to help you? Or, or you know, why are you in my back parking lot? And uh, that's that's huge. I mean, that has come so far. Sure.
0: Yeah. So, it's right here. There's such a mindset change there.
2: It's absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, again, several years ago, they never would have questioned me, let alone anybody else. But uh, today. Um, you know, the the whole mindset for the staff is, you know, is there something I can help you with? And, you know, they're not rude about it, but it's like, hey, is there something we can do? You know, what do you need? And, you know, just, just making that contact. And, uh, you know, so I can only imagine if if somebody that was not authorized was on a campus, uh, you know, how quick that would get reported.
1: One thing, too, I'll add, the Syntegix uh, platform also includes um, something we've been using for years called Identikid. But it's our visitor management software and Syntegix actually purchased Identikid recently. So it falls under that same same, you know, okay. conglomerate. So uh, it, it allows us to um, you know, do visitor access and visitor management there in the schools. We do have some key card access in some places not throughout the, the district, but um, working on those because those are so easy to track. And, you know, if you lose a card, then you can deactivate it. It's much more safe than a key getting floating around somewhere. So um, we've looked at rekeying the district too, because that's something you really need to do, you know, every so often, because it gets a lot of keys and, you know, sometimes in the wrong hand. So um, the door's only secure if you can manage the keys that, that access it, right? So uh, just looking at every part and piece and trying to stay one step ahead um, of, of any threat or any kind of problem we might encounter. That's the That's the goal.
0: Well, the technology you guys are describing really sounds state-of-the-art, and from what I'm hearing, the state legislature is making this more affordable for school districts. Yes,
1: yeah, it's really helped uh, helped us a lot, and you know, and that's an effort. They're they're really um, specific about how they lay out the money and what it's used for. Um, for instance, um, the Syntegix system could only be used in the schools. We can't use it for the central office or for any of the peripheral offices out there or other, um, you know, buildings that we own. It has to be where the, where the students are, are located. So, you know, you've got to be, um, it's all centered on, on the focus of, of kids because that's where the target usually is. So it uh, been really helpful to have that from the legislators for sure, 100%. They, um, You know, unfortunately, it's taken a lot of bad things to get people's attention, but I think there's been a lot of focus put on it. here in Georgia it seems like more proactive than than reactive trying to be on the front end of of that and we've uh, from a state standpoint the money's been there hopefully that'll continue to be the case where they can continue allocating Um, it's one of those things you never arrive I think that's what is the biggest challenge for us um, that we face and sheriff Craig, same thing like you never all right we got another year of implementing these things these strategies and these trainings and then we will be there like you never there is not non-existent place you never arrive you never can say you're 100 percent safe. You're just always trying to combat the new threats that are out there. Anything from cybersecurity, which has become a big thing now, and um, just any kind of new ways of, of people um, trying to cause harm. Uh, unfortunately, they're always going to be there and in place, and we got to make sure we're trying to stay a step ahead. And
2: social media plays a big role in that, in, in things we have to uh, react to and, and deal with and, and try to get ahead of. So. 100%.
0: Social media is actually something I'd like to discuss. You know, in the information age, we're bombarded by sensationalized stories. Uh, You know, when you think about schools, you see things on the nightly news or reports about drugs, violence, things like that. But our community is different than other communities. We have our own challenges. I'm just curious, from your own observations, do you see any challenges or trends amongst our students or maybe areas you would like parents to be more aware of or to address with their children?
1: So I feel like, you know, social media has its place. I'm not anti-social media. Um, we obviously know that's where youth turn to, to communicate and where they get a, glean a lot of their knowledge and um, where they get exposed to a lot of things good and, and not so good. Uh, I think just parents involvement in, um, in their kids' lives and knowing what they are spending their time, their screen time on, um, because, most of the threats that we see come through social media, it's a copycat threat or something that's been, um, origina- that has originated or been created from somewhere else outside of our even, sometimes even our geographic area. And it becomes some type of, you know, um, this is gonna happen here on this time or whatever um, to get people concerned and to raise some kind of, you know, worry or threat or, or fear. And, and then obviously that gets our attention because you can't just say, oh, well, I'm sure that's not real. You know, every threat. Um, the sheriff's department does a great job of of vetting and looking through every single thing that we run across like that. So, I think my biggest um, you know request, or I, I guess wish, and I have a kid in the system. So, you know, um, I try to do this for my my kid. But just be in contact and be in touch with your with your child and know what they're what they're you know doing and looking into because you know it's hard. I mean, as a parent, you know, we didn't grow up with with this technology. And um, certainly we got a lot of grandparents that are involved in, in raising their children too. And, and they didn't grow up with the technology and they don't understand maybe um, what all's out there. I mean, I don't understand everything that's out there either. So, you know, just trying to stay up on what your your child is doing, what they're into, because a lot of times we do deal with a situation, you know, like, oh, I've never even heard of that app or it's buried on their phone somewhere, or it's, it's in, you know, some, they never even knew it existed. So they didn't know what to look for. So I think the main thing is keeping, That constant communication with child, knowing what they're into, and then talking about what's out there, and the lack of reliability of information that's out there. You know, the reference point of what's really accurate and true, versus what anybody can put on social media, and then all of a sudden, you get two or three people that you know like it or follow it or whatever, and then it turns into something else and snowballs, and then all of a sudden. You know, it's got a thousand followers all of a sudden. Well, it must be something if it's getting that much attention. But a lot of times it just originates from some idea or somebody having idle time on their hands and using the technology for harm instead of good. And nowhere around here. I mean, you know, we, we dealt with several instances
2: uh, this past year that, you know, uh, obviously we get a lot of stuff from uh, uh, Pickens, South Carolina. So, you know, you get something going on that says Pickens County you know the, the the students especially will look at it and so well this is this is here you know i'm going to share it with my friends and they start sharing and it and it spirals um and next thing you know we're dealing with a possible school threat and and discussing you know are we going to have school in the next morning or what are we how are we going to address it we notify our uh, entire uh, cid staff our investigators and uh you know they're they're working behind the scenes trying to to verify confirm you know the information um you know, it's like Chris said, if, if the parents could be more involved in, in, in what's going on with their, their students, their children, and then be willing to call us when they see something, instead of, uh, we dealt with so many cases over the years where a parent would see something online, it's like, oh my God, there's gonna be a school threat, you know, don't send Johnny to school, Well, then they send it, repost it, and then send it to their friends, and then they say, you know, you got 300 people that have seen this, nobody once has picked up the phone and called us or the school, uh so you know i ask you know anytime you see something like that to please call us let us know let us let us check it out and and then we will keep them informed as we go through but you know if you see something say something don't post it you know and, and people real quick just to hit share and, and and go on about their life but um you know there's there's you know with with the school threats and you know uh, we've had uh hundreds uh, over the last year or so that uh, had originated other counties, other states, and then ends up being shared through. And then, you know, we're behind the scenes trying to figure out where it come from uh, to uh, a new thing that we dealt with that not necessarily dealing with social media, but a swatting calls, you know, where they'll get on the phone. and, And we had this happen this, you know, over this past year is, you know, hey, we've, you know, I'm at school, I've had this happen, you know, somebody's been shot and then they hang up we have to take that serious you know if if you get that call that notification we're coming meantime our folks behind the scenes are are trying to run it down and figure out uh you know whether it's in the school or in the home you know we had several swatting calls where people would call and say hey you know i'm at such and such address uh you know so and so's come in and shot you know shot somebody uh we get there everything's fine you know we've showed up uh you know uh you know four four or five deputies and police officers show up at your house and you know bring you out of the house at gunpoint because they think a shooting's occurred when you know it was some somebody playing a game and thought it'd be funny to to make that phone call mm-hmm. and uh, those are serious they are crimes and and we will prosecute those that we that we find so
0: Yeah, i guess that's part of the problem is the speed uh, which things go, you know, I think the quote is something like the, a lie has spread around the world by the time truth, uh, can lace up its shoes. And you know, when you're online, the consequences don't really seem immediate, but I guess it is important for everybody to remember that, you know, our, our words do ultimately carry weight.
2: And that we will investigate each one of those instances and, and we've made a few arrests over the last year, uh, dealing with those, those situations.
1: So, you know, we we take those seriously and have to, you know, so. I know we talk a lot about the relationship between, you know, school system, administrators, sheriff's department, SRO. Um, One thing I didn't want to leave out is to me, one thing I always really try to focus on in the school as the administrator, as the principal, and ultimately it rests on your shoulders, is the culture that's created inside that school. Um, If you have a culture that is accepting of more bullying and, and allowance of some things, more lax approach, and you're just gonna focus on on school work and, and not as much the environment, the culture, then you're gonna deal with more problems, I mean, naturally. So, um, like I said before, if a kid's not safe, doesn't feel safe, to me, that culture inside the school, and it starts from top down, it, and of course it takes everybody, about 125, 130 employees just at high school. So everybody from the cafeteria workers, the teachers, administrators, whoever, office staff, um, building a culture where the kids feel safe, they feel like somebody's in their corner, they can come and talk to people, um, but also commanding that we're going to treat each other right and do right by each other. And I know teenagers, you know, you put 1,350 teenagers together, they're not always going to get along. We, we don't expect that. Um, I tell them, I'm like, you don't have to be friends with everybody here, but you do have to be friendly. And just making that stance of we're not going to tolerate you making someone else feel bad about being here or scared about being here they walk in that door and they don't feel safe I don't care how good the teacher is no offense to teachers we got some great teachers but they're not going to be effective if that kid's worried about you know walking to the bathroom or going down the hall to the next class or whatever so we we can't undersell how important building that culture is and SROs are a huge part of that too I can't tell you how many times we had kids that would go to them and wouldn't come to a teacher they saw in class every day, um, for the year, whole year. But they have come to that SRO. Mm-hmm. Just another tool in our in our kit to uh, to make sure we're we're providing the best for those kids. And um, one other piece of technology too, I failed to mention is the the school district has um, a software that picks up on keywords and different things that could pick up on a kid sending an instant message or some type of message or typing something out that could indicate um, the possibility of some kind of violence, either harming of themselves or of somebody else. And when it does that, it relays that back through technology and ultimately to the administration at schools. And they can um, bring me in with a counselor, whoever, and talk to them, SRO, and um, try to figure out what's going on. So that's a nice piece of technology that we've, we've utilized quite a bit as well.
0: Oh, and that picks up on messages sent in the schools within the
1: school through school devices. Obviously, not yeah. not through self their personal cell phones, but um, every kid has issued is issued a Chromebook. Um, you know, in our in our district, um, from first grade up, I believe. So, they, you know, if if they're in there typing or looking up something, you know, that is, gives us cause for concern, then it will alert through our technology folks and ultimately to administrators who can then take that depending on the severity of it to the SRS. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the technology is there. Um, we've we got to utilize it um, to the best of our ability, but it takes a lot of resources, a lot of man man hours and, and, and people to oversee it, or it's just it's just no good. It's like a book on a shelf. If you never take it off and read it, you know, it's not gonna do any good. So you gotta be able to manage it. Um, but we've got great people that, that want to do right and, and be there for the kids and, and make sure they're safe while they're there and take it very serious, and that's what it takes. Definitely.
0: Well, gentlemen, I'd like to kind of wrap up the conversation by asking you, uh, really just to speak to the people at home, what, what message would you give parents and students about the culture and safety that exists here at Pickens County Schools?
1: Well, I think the, the message that has to be clear to everybody is we exist for you. Without the kids, we don't have this partnership We don't have the need for my role, um, for the teachers, for anything, all the people employed, you know, school district's largest employer, Pickens County. So without them, we don't exist. This program doesn't exist. So they are the most important people in our building, period. Um, But as the adults, we've got to understand that that's the case and operate with every decision we make, with every dollar we spend, with every initiative that we implement, that They are the most important and that's what the focus has to be and building that culture inside every school, whether it's at elementary, young, very young age, all the way up through high school, that it's, it's a place that not only we want you to be and come in and thrive in, but that we have to make it to where you want to be there. And it's somewhere you, you want to look forward to coming to every day. I'm not asking that kids do a backflip off their bed and start getting really excited every morning. I know that's not, that's kind of unrealistic, but Make it a place they feel safe. They want to come to, not just the social aspect, but that is part of the draw as they get, especially as they get older. But every person in our building making a concerted effort every day to make sure every kid that they come in contact with knows that they're there, they're there, and they exist for them. And going out of your way to try to find a kid that maybe doesn't seem to be as open or interactive with other people, and maybe a somewhat of a loner go up and talk to them, go up and, and say, Hey, what's your name? You know, I haven't, haven't noticed you here before. Um, make them feel important, make them feel special. And, uh, the culture can be very much undersold and the focus can end up being on everything we are trained to do in education and not about the, as much of the environment. And so that becomes really, really important. Um, and that involves the sheriff's department. They're part of our staff in these schools, you know, hopefully they feel like they're not just somebody that walks in there every day that works just for the sheriff's department. I feel like, the ones we have, and the ones we have had, and the way it's designed is they are part of the culture. They are embedded into what we're doing there every day, and that's the only way it can work. And that's why the relationship has been so well because the people that have been put in here strategically have been done, have done so in a way that they want to be part of it. They want to be around kids. They they love that interaction, and um and that is you know a a huge piece to this being successful. The way we interact and operate so kids got to feel safe, the adults got to understand their role, and they got to come in every day, you know, because the adults aren't 100% either every day, you know, they all have things going on in their lives from time to time, just like the kids. So, but making sure those kids feel important, safe, cared for, and uh, worth, know their worth um, when they walk in there every day, um, because inevitably, you only have a certain amount of time with them, and you're going to make an impact, and it's up to you as an adult, whether it's going to be a good, good positive impact or not, and that's what, you know, we try to preach to our staff
2: obviously we do the same thing through the office a lot of folks look at the sheriff's office being in the schools think well we're there just for the law enforcement standpoint and and while that is true we are there for the law enforcement and security but you know for us it's and again i've said it over and over but it's about that relationship that relationship we can build with that student uh, that they know that we're here for them Uh, and and not just in the school because we're in a little different uh, situation at the office is you know, we're we're out in our community 24/7, uh, no matter what. We're we're out there. We're in the schools. We're out in a lot of the homes. You know, with the kids we're dealing with, and 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 we want to build that relationship with with those students and and let them know that that we're here for them. And you know, we've seen time and time again where. Um, say Kevin Roach who was at the high school last year had a relationship and and, and these kids felt comfortable talking to him. they then bring you know issues concerns that they're having maybe at home or out in the community and um, you know it's it's an environment that has been created there at the school but it it goes uh, goes with those students when they go home and they know that outside of school if they need help then then we're going to be there and I think that's real important so
0: well Donnie Craig is Piggins County's sheriff, and Chris Wallace is Piggins County School's chief operation officer. Gentlemen, thank you for this very enlightening conversation today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Enjoyed it.